You're listening to the Dreamer in the Details podcast with me, Dylan Ferlano. I'm an entrepreneur, photographer, and your biggest cheerleader along this journey. I'll be here with some of my favorite bloggers, influencers, business owners, and more to help you dream bigger and get all of the details on how to make those dreams come true. Think of this as your personal invitation to our group chat. We're so excited to have you. So today on the vlog, we have Tensei. Hi, Tensei. How are you? Hey, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Me too. So Tensei is a plus size blogger from the Philadelphia area and just a longtime client, longtime friend. Um, we actually met because through Olivia Phillips, who I had sent a totally random out of the blue pitch email to and Olivia and I had worked together. And then Tensei commented on Olivia's photo and I remember just being like, oh my God, this is my chance. Like, this is my chance to meet her and hopefully work together. And I remember pacing around my kitchen table being like, how am I going to respond to this comment in a way that's like, I'm interested, but I'm not like too interested because then that gets weird. And like how to try to make this connection happen. And I'm so glad it did. I feel like we just have such a mind meld. We work so well together and you are just such a positive ray of light all the time. And I'm so excited to share you with the world today. You're so kind. So, so the first thing I'd love for you to discuss is how you started uh, blogging, or I, I'm gonna call you an influencer. You don't have to call yourself an influencer, but kind of how this journey began for you. Oh, the history of how this began, right? It's so interesting. Um, I think most people, like, I, I don't want to say most people, but I will say like a good majority of influencers, content creators, and bloggers had this idea working in their, like in the back of their minds for a very long time before they put it on paper, before they put it out to the world. And I would, I fall in that bucket. Like I have been interested in fashion. I've loved seeing content creators. I'm talking about from like the Tumblr days, you know what I mean? Like I've been watching yes, Tumblr. <laughs> I've been watching from the sidelines and just always being like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. And then, you know, 2020 happened and I was like, well, no time like the present. You got to stop wishing and just started posting pictures. And it's so interesting because I actually started January of 2020, not knowing what was in store for us. That year. Oh, geez. Yes. <laughs> I was on a um I was on a work trip for like my full-time job and I was in Denver for 30 days. And I remember just being like having this like clarity while I was out there of um that although I loved like my full-time work, it wasn't giving me the creative outlet. And then I was in this city, I was in Denver, and it was like it's just filled with so much color and so much like diversity and so much creativity. And I was like, no way I, I don't get a chance to like showcase mine too. So I started taking outfit pictures in an alley in Denver. <laughs> so it was an absolute, I look back at those pictures sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? Um, but that's how I started. Cause I was just feeling like no time like the present. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we were on lockdown and it felt like, wow, I have an opportunity now because I'm working from home. I have a lot more time on my hands. Let's give it all the energy that we can. That's amazing. I love the idea of you in an alley and that just feels so, so right to me that you were like, I must capture this magic and I'm going to show it to everybody. So one thing I know about you is that you have used your corporate America skills from your job and leveraged that a lot into your career as a blogger, influencer. 
And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that for people who um, maybe are kind of splitting their time. They're doing they're doing all the things like how did you use those skills and try to kind of double dip on what you already knew how to do to further this kind of side hustle, side passion that you were starting? I am always um, like I, I never know just how much of this to say out loud, but I'm someone that very much believes in like the universe aligning for things. So my full time job is as a like corporate facilitator in learning and development. And basically what I always tell people is I talk all day. For work like that is my job but i was not good at it at first i used to have like so much anxiety with it and my thoughts and my ideas would just be scattered and i remember after the first and second year of doing training i really started to get a rhythm of like how to present information to people in a digestible way that was also entertaining so i feel like it was so full circle to bring that into like content creation because oftentimes, like whether you're doing like a product uh, review or like a brand um, review or just a, even something as simple as a try-on video, I always put that in the back of my mind. Like this training that I have from my full-time job of how do I make information not only entertaining but have people walking away feeling like they learned something. So I, I feel like I bring that to the table. And then on the flip side. I don't think that you have, there's a requirement to work in any kind of like corporate setting um, in order to be a successful content creator or blogger. But I will say that it helps because there is a business side of things. There's communication that happens with the brands. There is invoicing and there's a lot of things that work in the background that are just like a, a nine to five. So having some experience on how to formulate a, a, a great email, how to communicate, um, deliverables and uh, set boundaries with some brand. So with some brands has definitely helped along the way. Yes, we need to talk about all of this with you because I feel like you are in some ways the mindset queen with a lot of this stuff. And I say that because I remember I got a kind of a nasty email from someone who had said that I was overpriced and basically like, how dare I you know, pitch them my services. And I had seen you fairly recently after that. And you gave me the best talk about budgeting and how to think about rejection. And I know you probably don't remember exactly what you said that day, but I would love for you to just run through how you think about that. Because whether or not people are influencers or bloggers, they still face, you know, rejection or people minimizing their skills or anything. So I feel like this is, this is the pep talk we all need delivered from you. Oh, thank you so much. This is a pep talk I have to give myself frequently. So. <laughs> but the first thing is I always look at it from uh, like the consumer's mindset. So whether it's a client that you have or for me, a brand or um, a, a, one of my followers that's purchasing an item that I'm sharing or something like that. The first thing is to identify like, what am I bringing to the table and what is this price including? So once you have an idea of what you bring to the table and your true value, then you have to stand firm on that. Because if you're able to communicate what it is that you bring, whether it's in your quality, your turnaround time, uh, oftentimes for me, it's not only the fact that I have an engaged audience, but the specific demographics of my audience, I'm bringing that to a brand's table. And so I know what I bring to the table. So that's the first thing is like, be very firm in what your price is entails and how you got to that price point. Then once that's happened, um, be comfortable with knowing that you won't be in everyone's budget and that's okay. You don't need to adjust. 
I even as as a consumer, I have adjusted my language because when I reach out to someone and they give me their pricing, sometimes if it is outside of my budget, that's what I will say. I will never ask any kind of provider to, to give me a discount or to lower their price point, but I will let them know, hey, you are a bit out of my price range at this time, but I love what you do and I'll reach back out to you when, when I can afford you. And if someone can't do that for you, then I just see that as them not understanding my value and that's okay. You don't have to work with everyone. You know what I mean? Like, that's perfectly fine. Yes, I feel like that was exactly, I always think of you and I hear you in my head being like, budget is their problem, not your problem. Like that's not your problem to solve. 100%, 100%. And you, do, you don't know everyone's budget, right? Um, you don't know what kind of considerations they, they are taking into what they're willing to pay for, but also I don't know what they value. Everyone has a different set of um, like priorities and maybe what I bring to the table isn't at the top of their, their priority. I don't take offense to that. Um, it's just being able to say, hey, what I'm bringing to the table may not be quite as important to you. And sometimes budget is the number one thing that's important to a customer or a client or a brand. And if that's the case and you're just not willing to budge, then it's just not the right time for that relationship to begin. Absolutely. And you also mentioned um, about setting boundaries. We're going to have an upcoming episode too. Um, our friend Ange is also going to be on here talking about setting boundaries because she is the queen of that as well. But I would love to hear you talk through maybe an example of a time where you had to set some boundaries. Maybe it was one of those tougher conversations. I know those always, I feel like, make my heart pound where I'm like so nervous, but I know I have to enforce the boundary and I know everyone will be better for it, but it can be really nerve wracking to try to advocate for yourself in that way. So can you talk us through how you handle some of that? You know, I feel like I've been really lucky, especially with the brands that I've worked with so far, that um, no one has no one has tried to take advantage of me. And, and it could be for a couple of different reasons. One, I think I say no quite often. Um, there are brands that either just don't align with me or I have never had an interest in using a product of theirs. So there's oftentimes where I just don't even get into uh, a relationship. But a few times it's been around um, turnaround times. And so I think the first thing to do with boundaries is to figure out like what it is that you can bring to the table. So for example, if a brand reaches out and says, hey, we'd like to work with you. Um, we have a really tight turnaround time. We're looking for our content to be delivered within three days of uh, delivery of product. That's very tight for me. First, especially as someone that has a full-time job, I'm, I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm, it's around the clock at that point. And especially now that it's the winter time, I don't get a lot of daylight. It's tough. A three-day turnaround time is very tough. So oftentimes what I will do is just be very honest and firm. And I will always leave the door open and say, hey, if this does not work for you at this time, please keep me in mind for the next campaign or the next go around. Um, so maybe three days doesn't work, but I will offer five days. So I think it's important like when we do set boundaries to say the why, what you can bring, like what your alternative would be, and then always feel comfortable with walking away. Uh, a lot of times when we set boundaries, we are hoping that the other side gives in and we're disappointed when they don't, but we just have to be okay with everybody walking away from the table for that if that's the end result. So I know that obviously you have the full-time job on the side, and um, but you also take this really seriously as a business. So I'm wondering when you're saying no to things, and this is actually news to me, I didn't know you said, no and you know kind of set boundaries this robustly i'm wondering how you balance that 
with feeling like this is a business? Um, do you have kind of a checklist you go through in your head? Is it just this abundance mindset that I've heard people talk of, but I can never seem to get right? Um, like, how do you how do you balance saying no and kind of being okay with that? Oh, okay, that's a really good one. I feel like uh, the the first thing I always think about is what is most important to me and my brand. I guess I mean that's the best way to describe it. Is like who who I portray online and this page that I built. And my number one thing is building like a very trustworthy voice. So it, I feel like if I begin to work with a brand that I either have no knowledge of, I, this is my first time seeing them, working with them, uh, and it's a product that I really don't see myself being able to integrate into my day-to-day -day, my day-to-day -day life. Whatever that campaign would pay me has the potential to decrease the trust that I'm building with my audience, and that's of the utmost uh, like importance for me. So oftentimes the dollar amount just does not outweigh the, the the rolling of the dice and the risk that I would have in losing the trust of the people that follow me. So that's the first thing. It's like it's easy to say no when I know that what's most important is people being able to say, oh, when she, when Tensei recommends a product, it's one that she's used. It's one that she will either continue to use or tell us why she's not continuing to use it. Uh, but it isn't something that she's not just a billboard and an ad uh, for brands to to populate on. Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, I mean, your community. Yeah, the trust that you have built, I feel like is is one of the greatest things that you have within that community. So that's that's great to hear. And I guess a good reminder kind of for everyone, right, that other things will come around, other things that you believe in and you want to support will come around as long as we kind of make those those right choices and are focused on what's important. Oh, I, the one thing that I will say that I wholeheartedly believe in is that you you never know who's watching and it's so important to continuously put out good work whether you have one customer one client whether you have five followers re regardless of what's going on and what you think like who you think is viewing you you never know who's coming to your page and who may stumble upon you so that's just kind of like the mindset that i have is that at the end of the day I am not pitching um, to brands because of like a follower count. I'm really pitching to them because of a relationship that I'm building with an audience and then the content, like the quality of my content. All of the other numbers, I mean, they can they can figure that out on the back end for themselves. But what's most important to me is that like when I put out something, some kind of content, um, I can come back to it a year later. And I do. Oftentimes I'll, I'll bring out my content a year later and say, hey, this is a brand that I still stand behind and a product I still stand behind. Do you ever feel pressured or maybe you don't now, but did in the beginning, but um, maybe you'll get like left behind or that everyone is kind of, if you're, if you're operating this way and maybe other people don't, do you ever worry about kind of keeping up with, I don't want to say the Joneses, but keeping up with everybody else on Instagram, I feel like that's a pressure I hear from a lot of my clients. Every day, all day. <laughs> We're all human. It's so hard not to not to compare ourselves. You know what I mean? Like you are happy for your friends and like your fellow content creators. Um, and, and there have been some that I started with and are just absolutely killing it. Like two and three times the followers, two and three times the brand campaigns that I have. Um, but comparison is definitely the thief of all joy, but also 
oftentimes when we're comparing ourselves, we are only comparing our shortcomings. And we never look at like, you know, what am I doing better than I was a year ago? So I always have to check myself, but I'm human. So yes, as I'm scrolling, I'm like, dang, I wish I was doing this. And I wish I had that opportunity. Yeah, I, I love, this is why I love to talk to you about these things where I feel like you're so honest and also, but you have such a kind of a great perspective to check yourself and also to check the rest of us. What a great piece of advice that we should all be remembering what we are doing better than we were six months ago or a year ago, not necessarily what everybody else is doing. Cause it, it is, it's so easy to get caught in that scroll mindset. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that um, for every, for every piece of content or every win that someone shows you, oh my gosh, the number of losses, the number of no's, the number of doors that closed that we all don't show, right? There's so much that goes on in the background and the amount of work that it took. So I, that always gives me the feeling of like, I am very happy for folks that are succeeding. And sometimes it's just a good reality check to just be like, hey, what else could I be doing? Is there, I, it, oftentimes I got to look at myself and be like, could I, could I do a little bit more? Could I get up a little earlier? Could I work on a Saturday? Um, and it gives me a little bit of reality check to say, yes, oftentimes I could. I think too, you and I talked about this the last time we were together, but it's also the reality check of what you don't want to do, right? You know, I see all these people who, you know, they fly around the world and they do all these glamorous things, but it's also remembering like, yeah, it looks amazing, but like all of the work and everything that goes into it, is that something that I actually want? Or does it look just shiny and fun when I see the highlight reel, but don't want to do all of the back end work that it would take to get there as well? Oh, 100%. There's so much, there's so much I'm unwilling to do. Um, and that's, that's a personal shortcoming sometimes. And other times it's just the way that I prioritize my life. Um, so yeah, at 1000%, there are often times where I'm like, you want the fruits of the labor, but you're unwilling to give the labor. So stop it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's me too. Exactly. Exactly. So what is one of your most exciting goals or something you're looking forward to in 2023? What can what can we see more of? Oh, my I, I'm very, very excited this year to begin to pivot more. I feel like I have uh, like dug in and really provided like a lot of fashion content over the last two years. Um, and this year I do this in my story posts often, but I want to start creating more beauty and lifestyle and just really showing like more of my well-rounded like life to folks. Uh, I think that is one of the scariest avenues to me with content creation is actually showcasing my day-to-day -day life and who I am and feeling as if people are like a part of my life. I think I have kept my, um, my Instagram page or my Pinterest or all of these pages uh, and the, the folks that are following kind of at arm's length. And I'm trying to figure out what that exact balance is of like how much I want to share. But I do know in 2023, I want to share more of my life. So that means more dog content, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have the dog in there. But I feel you on, it, it's hard, I think, because so many people, at least when I see on Instagram, you know, their house is perfect and like everything looks so great. And it's like, how do you, how do I show my real life that either just doesn't look boring or isn't as perfectly manicured as what I see on Instagram. So I'm really excited to see you bring your perspective to that because I know you have so much 
color and fun and there's so much going on but like you're also just a real everyday person um with a very accessible lifestyle and i think that sometimes maybe that's not what we see on instagram so i'm super excited to see you pivot to that i'm excited too it's so funny that you say that because I always worry that I'm just too boring. Like my day-to-day life is too boring. But then I check myself because I'm like, often what the people that I love watching, like the lives that I jump into or the videos that I watch are of people just doing the most mundane tasks. They're like washing dishes and chatting or just doing their makeup. And I'm like, I enjoy this. I enjoy the, just the normalcy of everyday life. And I'm sure other people do as well. Or, 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 you know, there wouldn't be so many bloggers that are, able to succeed with just showing us like the day-to-day minutia. Um, I don't know why I feel like I, my life needs to be so extravagant to be, sh- to be shared. It doesn't. Speaking of that, I feel like you have such a great community of other bloggers, influencers, and just people in general on Instagram that you have become friends with through the app. And can you talk a little bit about how you've built those relationships, how you've um, made those friends, because I feel like you just, you have the greatest group and I'm so grateful because that's, I feel like a group that I've started to become a part of. And I think a lot of people would love to make real friendships through um, you know Instagram and online, but it, it feels kind of weird sometimes. And I'm hoping you have some tips. Oh, okay. So I, I gotta tell you, I always find it so difficult to make friendships uh, as an adult. Uh, the, I feel like the older I get, the the harder it is to meet people. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> like, it really is. Sometimes I just want to go up to someone and be like, I like your hair. Like, can we just chat? Like, <laughs> I wish we were. Yes. Um, yes. So I will say that is probably one of my greatest joys and one of the best, like the biggest blessings of doing content creation, uh, especially through the, the 2020, 2021 years where I really wasn't going out, wasn't doing anything. I mean, really even now, uh, it gave me an opportunity to have this like common ground with other amazing women and be able to meet them and like talk to them. I think also uh, being as true to who I really am, like my content and who I am as a person mesh really nicely. They just, just because I don't show my day-to-day life does not mean that who I uh, am portraying online is any different than who I really am. And so I feel like that's what's allowed me to meet very like-minded people because whatever I'm putting out is my actual self and that's who's gravitating and who I'm gravitating towards. I have not had a single negative experience with a photographer or a content creator or anyone that I've connected with. Um, and there's women all across the country and they're just amazing, including yourself. <laughs> I'm so glad to be in the group. So when you were starting to build these relationships, were you commenting? Were you DMing people? Like, I'm always curious, what does this actually look like when the rubber hits the road? Like, how do we make these connections? Yeah. I got, I, I don't know if I read this or someone told me this advice, you know, you know, like some of the best advice just starts to seep into your subconscious and you don't know exactly where it came from. Um, I, yes, remember, I, I remember learning about the like true art form of networking and how too often people are wanting to like network up. So they're constantly going for people that are fully established in the roles that they want to go into. Um, but that real networking is out. Like it's just in a linear form. So when I first started, I was commenting and reaching out to and DMing people that were just starting, just like me, that had 100 followers, 15 pictures. Like, we're all starting together. 
um, versus going to like the top bloggers and trying to ask for advice. I mean, their advice just would be overwhelming for me at that point. So instead I was reaching out to other bloggers that had just began and we were able to share like insights and fears along the way. And then as we were all learning things, we were sharing that information and you start to find out like who's willing to share, who's willing to learn with you. And those uh, relationships really start to form and those bonds. And then it's so nice because as everyone's succeeding, we get to applaud one another. Some folks decided that it wasn't for them and kind of stopped, but that doesn't mean that I don't still reach out to them every now and again. But for the core of us that have continued, it's really nice to see what directions everyone's going in. And I have one last question for you. What are you most interested in working on for 2023? So many things, uh, but I have to say, if there's one thing that I have to work on, right? There are so many projects that I'm excited about and like the shiny toys that are always taking my attention. But if there's one thing that I feel as if is like, it's holding me back and I need to work on it, it's genuine consistency um, because, and I only say this because I know everyone says like the key to success and anything is to be consistent. Um, but I, I am someone that gets in my head very often. And I feel like things have to be perfect. And if they're not perfect, then I'm not going to post it. I'm not going to put it out. I just won't show my face that day at all. And before you realize it, like it snowballs and it be, then it becomes uncomfortable to post. It becomes uncomfortable to get on and just say hello. So I'm, I am like really focused this year on uh, consistency over perfection. No one's perfect and nothing has to be perfect, but really just being present every day. That's so funny that you say that because I think of you as like so consistent. You're always on all the things you're doing, you know, stories, you've got a reel, you've done a try on. You're always telling me that I need to do better on Pinterest, which I absolutely do. And I know is true. And so I think that's so funny because I think of you as just being the consistency, like queen, like you've got it all together. You you're nailing it all. So I guess it's a good reminder, but also I feel like you're nailing it. I appreciate you so much for that because it's it is a struggle to be consistent. Um, only because you know you there's like a level of authenticity that you also want to have. Like I I think it's important that if I'm just not feeling it at all, there's no I, I shouldn't force it because I do see my audience as like an extension of friendships. And if I don't feel it, I don't call my friends either. So you know I'm just trying to be honest with it. Yeah, I think it can be hard too, at least for me, when I feel like sometimes, you know, you especially you have something that doesn't do super well, like maybe a post doesn't do well or a reel or something, and then you're like, well, now I'm yelling into the void, so now I feel even worse. Like, I'm going to just talk, you know, because like nobody's listening, right? Even though, as you said earlier, you know, we don't know who's paying attention. We don't know who's listening. We don't know who's seeing our content. So I get the struggle to be consistent. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and it's, it's so important to... For, as a reminder for all of us, including my, sometimes I'm just talking for myself. <laughs> I'll be like, this is a reminder, really just for me. Uh, but I was listening to a, a, another content creator that's completely out of like my um, like niche or genre. And he is very successful, multiple years and millions of followers and things like that. And he even brought up that um, he always feels like he's just on the edge. And if a piece of content goes badly, he, he'll sit down and just throw his hands up and be like, well, it was a great ride. I guess this is the end of it. <laughs> that feeling just never goes away. I mean, it's it's crazy, right? Because I feel like we all wish it would go away. But it's also good to know that 
it's it's not going to go away so we can just sort of all sit with it together um this is why i just i love talking to you so much i feel like you have such great perspective you're so honest like we just have such a great conversation together so thank you so much for coming on today for sharing all of your your nuggets of wisdom with everyone else and can you just tell everyone where they can follow you oh you can find me everywhere um at aspects of tensei it's been wonderful to have a name like tensei because i i can get my handle everywhere uh so it's aspects of tensei usually just all combined one word on pinterest and tiktok and instagram and all those things but before like we end i have to say that i appreciate you so much for all of your like positivity and your encouragement along the way i you are just one of those people where I'm so happy that we cross paths and I have to give you a round of applause because you're someone that inspires me daily. Every single time we have a chat, you will bring up a project or an idea that you have. A lot of times it's just an idea and people have ideas all the time, but so frequently the next time we connect, you're like already well into producing that. So whether it was like your subscription-based quarterly uh, photography sessions or this podcast or your guide for like uh, on your uh, blog, all of these things were just like an idea that we chatted about one day. And then you're like, I'm doing it now. I'm like, I want to be like Dylan. I want to have an idea and go after it instantly. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I, I you need a friend like you because <laughs> part, part of the way I feel like a lot of this stuff comes together and is just that you know, I get up the courage to tell like one person, two people, right? And then all of a sudden somebody is, is really supportive, right? And somebody's like, yeah, you should totally do that. And then I get up the courage to tell somebody else. And then somebody else goes, oh, that's a great idea. And then they say, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. Yeah, of course I'll promote this for you. And it's just, I think it's just really important to have that community. Like I'm so grateful for it. And that's another reason that, again, I really wanted to create this podcast is because I have spent the last three years building this community sort of slowly and finding people. And I just, I, I feel like I'm hoarding all of you guys. And I just want to sh share you all with the world because you guys have done so much for me to make me feel like I can do whatever idea pops into my head, right? I have the support system and I have it in me to do it. And I just want everyone else to feel that way as well. So it's really all thanks to you all who are just in this community. And I'm just so grateful to all of you. Oh, I love it. I love it. This has given me such like a little serotonin boost for the day. <laughs> I know, me too. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for being amazing. And I hope everyone follows you, not just for the dog content, but like also for the dog content. <laughs> That's so she oh, she's even getting grand deals in 2023, so. Oh, yes. This is the move. We're all up leveling in 2023. Seriously? We love that. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs>